Have you ever found yourself after a game of D&D debating over a particular rule that came up and trying to figure out, as a group, how to break it? As a DM, do you get that feeling of dread when your player asks, if you look at it this way? Well, we decided to turn that into a podcast. A group of DMs come together every episode as we discuss how rules is written, we can figure out how to maximize what we can do with a rule, and how we can use other rules to break the game. Each episode, we will be joined by a guest, including DMs from some of our favorite podcasts, and get a sneak peek behind the DM screen from some of our favorite shows as they share their own thoughts and experiences on a particular rule and how it has affected their games. Please feel free to jump in on our discussions by leaving us a comment on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or feel free to email me at dm at dndraw.com, or send us a tweet to at rules as written and let us know how the rule may have come up during one of your games or how you figured out a way to break the game that we didn't discuss so thanks for joining us hey everyone i'm tony hi this is bethany hey this is rachel my name is joshua c mcmahon so do you want me to give the background on how i opened this can of worms please please do (laughs) All right, so uh, we've been doing Prince of the Apocalypse, and it's gotten a little monotonous, so we are segueing into some adventures from Storm King's Thunder. And this brings up the whole challenging element of giants. And everything in the book says it's all scaled for giants. They have giant chairs, giant beds, giant stairs that are four feet high. And this was just an interesting sort of challenge for the players navigating around until it came to the question of giant potions and other magical items. Now, granted, some items like magical armor resize because of their magicalness to fit anyone, but there really isn't a guideline I could find on how magical potions scale. And it doesn't make sense that a giant would consume a healing potion of the same size as, you know, a halfling to get the same level of benefit. This was perfect because when you introduced this concept, I think you introduced it with potions and with two different things that that came into the game all at the same time where we all kind of stared at each other like, what's in the chest? Because there was potions, which volumetrically should be cubed, I think is what we all kind of decided, to where like a giant potion would be worth like... um, I thought we'd figure 16... Well, a giant being three times the size of any of our characters... Yeah. So a shorthand I used was everything is about three times bigger based on the average height of the characters and the average height of the cloud giants in this case. So I just said, it's three times bigger. And uh, this was a mistake on my part as a DM. <laughs> because we discovered, I think, like what, a potion should be like 27 doses per potion because it's actually cubed? Well, because it's three times bigger in every dimension. Right. And so scaled up, like a giant potion would be like a gallon of potion to us. If a regular potion is a few, like four ounces or eight ounces, then that'd be so much potion. But it happened at the same time you gave us the chest, too. Yeah. So we had this chest that had, what, some giant miscellaneous, oh, there's some whatever in here. And gold. Giant gold bars. Yeah, cloud giants are weird and stuff. They're like, there's some gold in there, some old clothes, some whatever. <laughs> Take it. But giant gold would be like, what, like tires? Like we'd be holding a tire of gold? No, I think like dinner plates. <laughs> which, which again are worth how much? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
like having melted it down, we now have the richest thing in the world because some giant was like, oh, I don't need it anymore. Honestly, you guys haven't counted it yet. You don't even know how much is yeah. in there. We have no idea. We know they're in there. Mm, we're going to be so rich. And all those gems. You guys are already loaded. You're like the most wealthy adventurers who continue to adventure ever. Silence, Infidel. We need more. We only have like 9,000 gold. We need more. I've been a very generous DM, and you guys have been so frugal. Well, we yeah, I guess we have. I mean, we've been saving up for the town. We also have been too busy, like, killing things. I think part of it is also none of us want to be too selfish about spending party gold on something that would only benefit one person. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those instances where you've basically had to put your foot down on the uh, capacity stuff <laughs> because the math behind it is 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 yeah no yeah d d d takes place in the Forgotten Realms, which as a fantasy world has its own math. I like to think <laughs> like its own physics. So the factor of three we decided for potions applies to the number of uses rather than the dimensions, because otherwise. You guys would be like, giants, make us ten healing potions, and we shall never have to buy a healing potion again. Exactly. So wait, so the book has nothing on this, then? Oh, gosh. No, nothing. So the, the, the chest that you gave us, that was your item, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, this is all, uh, yeah, that's all original stuff. The, the chest was like, I'm going to do something nice for you guys, and look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Let's describe the chest, because I don't think the people know about the chest. Okay, so the chest is a unique item I created inspired by the spell Liamin's Secret Chest, which is kind of one of those weird spells that people don't use very often, where uh, you have a standard-sized chest and a tiny replica of that chest made from the same materials. But I thought it would be funny to have this scaled up for giants so that the replica chest for giants would be appropriately sized for the party as like a standard-sized chest. Which we love. And we can use the tiny chest, too, which I'm, I'm absolutely all about. Yeah, yeah. so basically they could use the tiny chest um, as long as they're touching the replica of the tiny chest and their full-size chest. They could send the full-size chest to the ethereal plane for storage. So that's what they currently have done. They received this giant chest, which is like 30 feet long, full of uh, whatever the giants had left there. Like they said, there's some gold in there and some old clothes. They don't really – they're like, yeah, you can have it. We don't use it. It's yours. And the party's like, great, let's uh, send that off to the astral plane. We'll hold on to the replica and uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do with this later. And later hasn't come up yet. Nope, not yet. Yeah. This was recent. But the coin's the size of dinner plates that it's like, how do you, like, what's that? I know we haven't actually gotten to it yet. Is there any uh, consensus on what's that worth? Oh, well, so it's going to be ingots, but it is giant-sized ingots. So I, I can't tell you. I can't reveal things the you guys don't know yet. Good try. But you'll have to – I mean, all you have to do is look. We got to look because a giant-sized <laughs> ingot is going to be like a like – a, that's like a dog-sized ingot or like a – I'm picturing like a giant thing in a flatbed truck. I'm picturing like a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> How big is a regular ingot, ingot though? Like, human-sized ingot? A regular ingot would probably be about the size of your hand. Yeah, let me go and check my stash of gold ingots, <laughs> uh, and I'll let you know. <laughs> I left them in the other room. I'll be right back. Oh, in my other foot, purse. <laughs> like a foot long? <laughs> oh, a foot long. Okay, they're bigger than I thought. I thought they were, like... Maybe, like, eight inches long. I want to say they're about the size of your hand. Uh, eight inches or, or, or so... About, like, what, five pounds, seven pounds? I would say if you put it next to a cat, it'd be quite big. <laughs> what, what, who's cat? Your, your cat, Josh? 
Uh, but are we using Sierra-sized cat or a woolly-sized cat? Okay, do we have to get background on cats? No, we can't give background <laughs> on cats. Hang on. Let's use, okay. uh, what would be a better unit of measurement than cats, then? A loaf of bread. <laughs> a loaf of bread. Then it would be... Like a slice of bread? Uh, then it would be smaller than... A loaf of bread is a terrible unit of measurement. No, it's not. Uh, what about a bread box? I believe that's an accepted unit of measurement. Is it larger than a bread box? I would say it looks, um, I bet you could pile a nice little amount in, into a bread box and it would look like a bunch of gold and gets in a treasure chest. I would say that that's about accurate. Like a tiny treasure chest. Mm-hmm. So like eight. Yeah. They're big. And if you were to scale that up to human size, that would be like the size of one of those like rideable RC cars you give children. <laughs> The Barbie car. Which would be like, which would be like hundreds of, of thousands of platinum, I think, in the game. It would just be massive. The ingots would be almost the size of, of any of us. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. Well, wait, are we doing actual world scaling or are we doing thir- the, the rule of threes scaling? <laughs> actual rule scaling means we just got a small fortune from some pennies left over in his sock drawer. Basically. Yeah. But if we're doing like Bethany's rule of threes, then we're getting like, like each of those ingots is maybe like the size of a loaf of bread. We'll have to just figure it out when we get to it. I guess we'll have I'm going to bring a it. loaf of bread. I'm going to be hopeful. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to bring an ingot to compare next time. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, bring several, actually. Bring one for everyone, if, if possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, 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 I'm really excited now to see what that, how that scales. But no, of course, the book adds giants and doesn't reconcile for this at all given that they would be well it gives a lot of units of measurement for like anything in the space so like here's the size of the doors here's the height of the handles here's the height of the stairs so they really went granular on those sorts of things but not like the magical items which i guess is my fault for bringing them in i could have said no the giants who live in a flying sky castle have no magical <laughs> items or potions to share with you. I'm still curious about their boars. Oh, yeah. Where did they get the boar from? They are standard-sized boars. They are not giant boars. The creatures don't scale to meet their size, unfortunately. So there's not a, a, a castle in the sky with a bunch of sky boars that are larger-sized boars that they then capture. Uh I did not make the mistake of going down that road, mm-hmm. which I am grateful for. <laughs> this is disappointing. It's like the regular sized goats <laughs> in the goat moat. Oh, the goat. The goat moat. <laughs> I feel like I venture any critters, you guys go off the deep end. Like, there's critters! <laughs> Yay! Save them! <laughs> yes. On with them! Moat o goat. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> this was, to be clear, an unrelated moat. <laughs> Next to a room of goats, there was not a moat of goats. <laughs> so, I don't know. Does anybody else have any thoughts on the giant capacities? Do we have anything else that we can... Like, that just shatters the game right there. Well, giants kind of screw up everything, and you guys are like, why don't you guys come on down and, like, help us out? I'm thinking, they don't fit anywhere. They can't go into dungeons. Yeah. You can't bring a, yeah, you can't bring a giant anywhere. What are they, huge creatures? They are huge creatures. They are yeah. 28 feet tall. Depending on the type of giant. Well, these in particular. Yeah. Like, they, you, you can't take them out with you. You can't go to taverns with them. I mean, they're cool. <laughs> they're really cool, but they're very complicated. We should go carousing with them. <laughs> carousing with the giants. Oh, we'll end up squished. <laughs> last time. 
Oh, yeah, we'll be dead. Yeah, squished. Did you imagine the cheese I could bring home, though? <laughs> giant cheese? You should ask for a giant cheese. It might kill someone if it falls out of the sky. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Don't drop it, but you can give it to uh, Grendo and have him cook something really good with it for, like, the whole town. Do you want to include an explanation of who Grendo is? Grendo has been referenced and not explained. I think uh, Rachel should tell the story. Go for it, Rachel. Um, so we met this half-orc. <laughs> He's not a half-orc. <laughs> He's a human. We acquired a half-orc. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What was, where was that even at? That was in... Bardrite. Bardrite, yeah. that's right. I'm like, what shanty little town did we meet him in? Um, he accidentally poisoned us and we therefore thought it would be a great idea to acquire him as a personal chef we needed to save him from this terrible town yeah he was so sweet and innocent we didn't want him to be destroyed so we took him back and my character has since had many fun evenings carousing with him and (laughs) the other members and uh he's our chef and he is also um, not a half orc. He's actually a very, very, very handsome, apparently human. Uh, um, this brings up the brief mention of the the checks, the hotness rolls. We <laughs> <laughs> need to talk about hotness rolls real quick. D twenty hotness rolls. This is an improvised mechanic uh, because it's come up a few times. So we meet a lady Duragar, but how attractive is she for a lady Duragar? There's only one way to find out. You roll a D twenty and you let fate decide. So. Grendo was it at 20, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, surprisingly attractive yeah. for a slight human with no skills besides cooking. Mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. a damn good chef, though. And he has no idea. He has no idea how hot he is. Not a clue. Nope. <laughs> That's part of his charm. Yeah. Yep. So, and he's with my character who, again, bald, burned multiple, <laughs> multiple, multiple times. Yep. Uh, yeah, she's three on a good day. Um, Let's be honest. (laughs) I think we rolled for you. I don't remember what we got. I think it was a three or a four. I think it was was a three or a four. It was really bad roll. It was a bad roll. It was appropriately awful. (laughs) But she makes up for it with personality. (laughs) And kindness. And money. You are loaded. Yeah. You are his sugar mama. I'm okay with that. He makes me buns. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) His specialty is pastries. Of course. He makes good pastries. And they're delicious. So that is the story of Grendo, the non-half-orc that was adopted by the party. The majority of the campaign, you've been believing he was a a half-orc. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of the campaign campaign. thought he was (laughs) half-orc. Oh, Grendo. I had had no idea. So, um, okay. yeah, so the giants are absolutely just, I don't know. Yeah, what, what are we going to even do about giants? We can, All we can do is trade yeah. information with them. That's it. I'm going to give them maps. I'm going to become a great cartographer since I have nothing else to live for in life. That's right. Oh, oh you that's have your so orphans sad. and Scarlet the Bear and your goat. Your miniature donkey. Yeah, it's not a goat. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> she next step goat. We all know it. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. She's taking one of those goats. <laughs> oh, I, I planned on getting one of those at least. I would be surprised if you didn't. Yeah, you should have all of them. You should grab all of them. We'll go back to get the gems, and then we'll grab. There are sixteen goats. Sixteen. We need them to haul the gems. <laughs> oh god, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is less okay. about breaking the game in general, more about how we've broken your game to the point of... Yes. <laughs> it's not about breaking the game, it's about breaking your game. Uh, <laughs> breaking Bethany. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's what it's come down to. But it makes every session exciting for me, because it can all go horribly awry in, like, one little offhand comment I make. Yep. Oh, man. Um, anything else on, on Giants that we can even think of? I'm giants. I'm good on that. I think what we've learned is the DM has to make a ruling to backtrack from a mistaken mention. And the DM needs to <laughs> choose her words very carefully. <laughs> very carefully. <laughs> Always be on guard. Players are wily. Especially when dealing with tech writers. <laughs> yeah. But, but what did you actually say? <laughs> oh, you said it's three times the size? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> oh, no. Three use. Three use. I try not to retcon as much as possible, but it's hard sometimes. It's really hard sometimes. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes things just snowball. Like, it starts out as a little thing, and then before you know it, like, there's an enormous wheel of cheese, like, <laughs> just rolling downhill. You know what? It's not even on the list, but what this this brings up carousing. Oh, oh carousing. Oh, carousing. <laughs> like, we... we... <laughs> <laughs> all right we could definitely talk about carousing tony where's the section on carousing in the dmg it's a tiny little thing by the way for the purpose of this podcast nobody knows that tony and i are married <laughs> up until now <laughs> that, that is true <laughs> we are just separate individuals who happen to, to be here found it characters can spend their downtime engaged in a variety of hedonistic activities such as attending parties, binge drinking, gambling, or anything else that helps them cope with the perils they face on their adventures. Yes. So this came up in just like an offhand comment where I was like, oh, well, you know, when you have downtime, you can go carousing. And I think, Josh, you were like, what is this? Tell me what this is. I want to know more. <laughs> Tell me more about this carousing. I have no idea what this means. I was intrigued. I never. I thought I had heard of most of the mechanics, you know, all the different actions you can take and stuff like that. But I was just like, I've not. What is this carousing you speak of? I've not heard of this. Describe this to me. <laughs> Basically, it's going out to a tavern, drinking lots of alcohol, and seeing where the night takes you. Which, yes. by the way, is not something we do in real life that you know of. But in D and D, it's a whole other story. It's so much safer in D&D. There's none of the negative effects. It is. Uh, well, is it? Is it? <laughs> Originally in the campaign, you guys were really focused on, like, destroying elemental evil and had no downtime. You just went from, like, adventure to adventure. So I think this was this was pretty far in. You guys were like, yeah, we actually have some time. Let's go carousing in Red Larch, because why not? Well, that when I said that we should take a few days off, because I was like, we have nothing pressing right now. Why don't we take like two, three days to just do stuff? There was a reason. Yeah. I think when somebody wanted to make something at a forge or something like that. Yeah. Probably Uthal, you wanted to use the forge, or somebody wanted to do a thing, or we were waiting on some NPC. Were we waiting for the the dwarf to go to the tomb? Yes, you were waiting on uh, the dwarf. And I was recovering from having five points of exhaustion. Was it that late? Yeah. Yeah, no, this has all happened very quickly. Yeah, it happened pretty recently. So the carousing table has, I think, is it six or seven, seven effects? Yeah, seven. So uh, the party exhausted these pretty quickly, and they really are of three different categories, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you make or lose money, you make an enemy, or you get into romance, or you wake up in a strange place, or you're in jail. Like, there's not a lot of variety. Pretty quickly, I think, Josh, your character made, like, all the money because you rolled really high. I did. I did. I cleaned out Chris, too. 
Chris, he, poor Chris. He rolled like, I think just enough to, uh, yeah, it was not good. Yeah, he was the one who was going to wake up in an alley having been robbed. Um, <laughs> I wake up with strange men every time. Yeah, you've had a... Or animals. Or cheese. Well, to be clear, this is animals you adopted. Let's not like... Yeah. This isn't some random animal. This is this is an animal you're, you're, you already know. This is... This is a pet. <laughs> so I looked online and there are people who have gone to a lot of effort to create exhaustive carousing tables. It's beautiful. So I have one that I modified that has a uh, hundred different things and you guys are making pretty steady progress through the. We must complete it. <laughs> and it's led to some really interesting outcomes. That's how, uh, Rachel, you got your miniature donkey mm-hmm. and a purple dress. I made a topiary. Oh yeah, you got a purple dress, you got a topiary, uh, you guys got some buns one time. We have a bear ball and a bear ball suit. Yes, cause, yeah, Chris engaged in the sport of bear ball. Bear ball. Yes, we have the bear ball ball. The bear ball ball. <laughs> He's a local legend. Oh gosh. What else has happened? There's been so many. <laughs> I am an official cheese inspector. Well that's why, that's why Grendo, that's why Grendo and Ash started going out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how it all started. Yeah, because they got drunk he together. Really caught, oh, he caught her oh, that's right. Wayward almost made a deal with the devil. Oh, right. He ran away yeah. from that. Well, yeah, yeah, no, he, he, pointed, he pointedly did not make a deal with the devil. He, he realized what was about to happen and ran away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fled in terror. Oh, yeah. And Rachel, you're the cheese inspector. Yeah, the official regional cheese quality inspector. With a certificate and everything. We've had cheese busts made of ourselves. <laughs> The cheese bus. <laughs> I forgot about yep. those sculpted cheese. We've done some weird stuff now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it all seems so normal at the time, right? Yeah. It also doesn't sound crazy at all when you think about context. <laughs> so uh, you can edit this out if you want, Josh. That's totally Feel cool. free. Oh, I'm keeping this. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so carousing, really easy to break the game with carousing. And a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, carousing makes for the best of, of times. We should carouse with the Giants. That's what I said. That's a terrible idea. Oh, don't do that to your DM. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have it all make sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, bring it up with the rest of the group, see how they feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's what we'll, you're really yeah, going to we'll do. We'll table like, the discussion. But, but, but seriously, oh, there's the time that you uh, woke up and you were in a house with just like a random family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got oh, that's how we met Sai's parents. Yeah. <laughs> and you got drugs the one time. <sighs> I did get drugs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have yet to use them. Yeah. They're not actually in the uh, player's handbook, really. Mentioned at all, are they, Tony? No, they're not mentioned anywhere as far as I'm aware. Are they extra stuff or what? What? It's in, uh, what's the book called, Tony? The Forgotten Realms? Uh, uh, Ed Greenwood's Guide to the Forgotten Realms, I think, which I got Tony for his anniversary? Our anniversary, I think? And it's got, like, everything you could want to know about the Forgotten Realms. Like, what do undergarments look yep. like? What kind of drugs are oh, there? that's right. It fills in a lot of those weird details that nobody's ever asked. The weird, super specific details. No, no, that means somebody has asked. <laughs> some like point, us. At some point. Yeah, we're like, but, but really, how does this work? Somebody just like us had a, sat down and had a conversation at, at D&D said Wizards of the Coast, and they're like, okay, this is what we gotta do. We'll write a book. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, there's not a section on cheeses. Um, I think that's missing because oh, you guys have asked, what kind of cheese is it? I'm like, I don't, <laughs> like, a, I don't a hard know. cheese. Can it be cheddar? It's hard and salty. It's always cheddar. <laughs> a hearty Gouda. Yeah. <laughs> I think you did get a hearty Gouda and it's been goat cheese before. Mm, good stuff. There's a lot of food-based stuff in our campaign. I wonder why. <laughs> we like food. You guys are very food-driven. <laughs> yeah. It is part of our plan. Oh, gosh. Explain the strategy. Step one, infiltrate. Step two, get fed. We do something during step three and profit on step four. Sometimes sleep. Sleep. So you should Sometimes sleep. I thought sleep. step three was pineapple. Oh, step three was pineapple. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Which now we have to explain pineapple. Pineapple is our code word for we're going to kill everyone. For murder. It's code word for murder. Not murder. You guys aren't evil. It's our murder word. <laughs> no, but it is to kill whatever's in the room. It's our unsafe word. Yeah, pretty <laughs> oh, much. Oh, God. <laughs> it's your danger word. Well, I loved our latest use of it because we were all just like, we, we were invited to dinner by the evil, by the evil some somebody or another, the evil lady. Stone, stone giant. Yeah, the evil stone giant who we're supposed to kill, and and but we're not going to kill her yet. And so we were invited to dinner, and I think, Tony, you were like, well, I could go for some pineapple. I was just like, I'm just hungry for pineapple. But no one else wanted to, like, no, I don't want pineapple. I do not want pineapple. Yeah, I think Chris was like, I am happy with the rations. Uh, or is that you, Rachel? <laughs> no, that was Chris. That was Chris. Chris. Yeah, I'm happy with the rations I have. Um, so, so you and, so me and Tony were just sitting there like, we, we, we could, no, we're, we're, we're pineapple sounds great. No, we, we would like some pineapple. Pineapple sounds great, guys. Aren't you, aren't you with us here? Pineapple sounds amazing. Like, no, rations are fine. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a suspicious conversation at all. I've got some dried yeah. pineapple That's- in my rations. Yeah, the uh, the stone giant failed her insight check. <laughs> she was like, what is this? You guys are like, pineapple. No, pineapple. <laughs> they're really about their food, man. <laughs> yeah, like they're really specific. <laughs> so that's the story of pineapple. I feel like we now have two podcasts. Josh, what are we talking about rules and one where we just talk about things that have happened? I have no idea. Game. I'm going to have to see how this edits because I am freaking clueless now. I'm, I'm excited, but... But not sure, because we were having a lot of fun with the, with the random stuff in our group that's gone <laughs> terribly wrong. Because that's why we play D&D, for the, for the nonsense, it's, right? It really, really is. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's like that quote, you'll never remember what the numbers were rolled, but you'll remember what actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except for the nat ones with javelins. Nat ones with javelins. Shh, we don't speak of those? Javelins. Bring it up. Let's talk about the javelins. Would you like to explain, Rachel? I don't know what you're talking about. You started it, Rachel. (laughs) She did. So I was really excited because my character had a ranged weapon sort of of a javelin, which who the hell uses javelins? That's not like a common thing. So I thought it'd be really cool. I took, you know, four or five whatever javelins with me. And our one of our first areas we went into, you know, we're trekking through this little underground area and uh the our little gnome rogue, halfling rogue. He's a halfling, right? Halfling yeah, he's a halfling. Halfling. I always want to say gnome for sorry. Halfling rogue was in front of me, and I went to throw a javelin, and crit failed and speared him in the back and knocked him unconscious. <laughs> you, ske- you skewered him through. So after he didn't die, right? He just became unconscious. Yeah, he was just no, unconscious. We yeah, yeah. He was just unconscious. So 
No, he had like no yeah. hit points because he was uh, so like, I, a level one rogue. Yeah, I did some lay on hands as I was, you know, removing the javelin in question and made him feel better. <laughs> um, and then we get through to where the quote unquote boss of the area was. Tony's character, Uthal, the tank, was up there, you know, melee attacking, and I was possessed to throw another javelin. And crit fail again, <laughs> and and hit Tony and knocked him unconscious. <laughs> so now javelins are banned in our region. Well, that wasn't the end of the javelin. That other one wasn't my fault. That was well, but 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 there was also something else that happened where like you're like we had just we're all level ones. We had all just met. If Uthal hadn't known you personally, <laughs> you look like the evil crazy person who was like, oh, we've got them underground. Now let me stab them all with my javelins. <laughs> Yeah. So thank God you y'all built like a history into your character backgrounds. Otherwise, you just seem like a crazy javelin killer. He's like, no, no, no. She's she's really she's really nice. She's just- of course I'm saying this as you know helping to pull the javelin out of my side. <laughs> she's just misguided. Yeah, she's just not good with javelins. Yeah. The, the third instance we had no control over, but that was an Araka craw no. that hit an NPC in our hit town. A commoner. Oh, skewered a commoner. Yeah. Oh, I felt so bad. It was all over so fast. Only one character saw it, and he's gone now. Yeah. Well, and the character who saw it was the mayor, who, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and the mayor who, before that even happened, before the Arakaka brought a javelin with them, because we didn't know, we had already legally banned them from the city and had them all destroyed. After that, we gathered every javelin and burned them. There were notices posted. Mm-hmm. There were. There were. Yeah. It is illegal to own a javelin. Walking sticks are fine, but no pointy ends. <laughs> Not within Red Larch. And then the Arakaka brought them and immediately killed a commoner, <laughs> to which cemented our belief of, no, javelins are just bad yep. for us. We are not using them. Javelins are bad. Yep. But then you guys are always excited when enemies happen. Oh, because we know they'll hit each other. Or they'll just hit us. Like, maybe javelins are just terrible... Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Cause as, as, a, as an enemy ever missed and stabbed some of their own with a javelin? Yes. They have. Yeah. Happened. A couple yeah, of it times. has okay, happened. Okay, good. It's, uh, it's, and I don't fudge the rolls. Like, it's uncanny how these weird things happen. All right. So javelins are basically designed in this universe to kill whoever you are aligned with. <laughs> yep. Yes, basically. So they've been outlawed. Yeah. They're the ultimate enemy. <laughs> Perfect. So giants. So giants, yeah. <laughs> we got nothing on giants. Oh, man. Yeah, can... Oh. We could resolve anything on giants. The only other thing about giants I can think of is I want my freaking summer home. On the ethereal. Oh. My ethereal oh. summer home, which... With the secret chest. With the secret chest. Now, this won't work with the secret chest, which I only discovered afterwards, because if you actually look at the uh, Liaman secret chest spell... I don't believe it lets a human it lets it doesn't let a creature through. Yeah, you can't travel with it. Yeah, so the chest can contain up to twelve cubic feet of non living material. So of course you can't actually put anybody else in it. But before I had discovered that, m- my whole argument was I want to be able to get into the chest and then be teleported to the ethereal plane. And this chest is so big that you could put like a whole bunch of building material in it and build a house on the ethereal plane and have a summer home <laughs> on the ethereal plane. <laughs> And with all the ghosts, with all the ghosts, which is fine. Like, you know, otherwise it's it's quiet. No neighbors. And it would just be like a neat thing to have. Like, why not do it? This got shut down rather quickly, which I'm disappointed in. Well, for one thing, you can't get there yet. And for another, uh, I explained to you the ether cyclones. 
Not happy about the ether cyclones. <laughs> to explain that, essentially just a tornado through the plane that can throw you across the ethereal plane or even into the astral plane. Which won't kill you, but it will be annoying. But since you can't teleport through Liaman's secret chest, then I'm assuming you'd have like a... What, what would be the best way to get to the ethereal plane otherwise? Plane shift. Yeah. Which is a... What level spell is plane shift? That's a seventh level spell. Do you have that up or did you just know that? I just know that. I love you, but you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good knowledge. <laughs> so plane shift is what it is? Yeah, plane shift allows you to travel to uh, another plane of existence. I think with up to like seven other people. It's eight. Eight other people. <gasps> wow, Tony, you were off by one. Tisk tisk. Yeah. Off whole point. Yeah. Um. So that would be, that would be the way we could build a summer home. Then, is we put the stuff <laughs> in the chest, and then we teleport using plane shift to the ethereal plane, build our summer home, and then we have a summer home. <laughs> well, what about gate? Couldn't gate be used also to get there? Yeah, gate can get there too. Plane shift's just the lower level spell that you can use to get there. Yeah. And it probably costs a lot less. Yeah, because gate costs 5,000 gold. Gate's expensive. I mean, we've got 3 million from the giants. Who cares? But, you know. It's not 3 billion. Yeah, we did actually get several billion gold from it the giants. It steals. Oh, oh gosh, you guys. <laughs> Three times the size. It's fine. Can you imagine if one of the giants accidentally drops a coin off the side? Like, oop, you know. and it. And it oh, is. that's a house gone. <laughs> yeah. And eventually destroys the house, but somebody will walk will walk across what is a dinner plate of gold, like, oh, worth it. And they're set for life. Yeah, they can build another house and 500 more houses because gold in D&D is months of wages. Oh, my gosh. We haven't even talked about the scaling of the D&D economy. <laughs> tiny little area that we're in, a gold can buy you almost anything. That's for another time. Let's add that to the list. Is there anything else that we want to discuss on this? This one's probably hit its limit. We should save every... I don't know if we wrapped it up rather nicely. I think we'll we'll save uh, our, our other topics of discussion for another. Yeah, I, th- I think we beat the topics to death. Is that what you were looking for? <laughs> yeah, sure. I think that's what we did. <laughs> I think we talked them to their exhaustion. How many points? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we do a next time? On next week's episode. To all the lovely listeners, if you've really enjoyed this and you have any input or corrections to make, please send your hashtag feedback to us on Twitter at RulesIsWritten, and we'll we'll talk about it next time on the show. Otherwise, this is just us signing out if there's not anything anybody else has to say. Dinner time. It's food time. Food time. <laughs> food time. <laughs>